Hello and welcome Hive Mind. This is Dr. Amy Pike and Dr. Amy Learn, the Amy's, and you're listening to the Behavior Buzz Podcast, a veterinary behavior podcast that educates and informs clinicians, trainers, pet parents, and caretakers. Today we're talking about the zombie apocalypse. So join us now to set the record straight on the hottest and most controversial topics. I'm your co-host, Dr. Amy Pike, a board-certified veterinary behaviorist, here with my wonderful partner in crime, the other Dr. Amy. And hello, I am the other Dr. Amy, Amy Learn, also a board-certified veterinary behaviorist and co-owner of the Animal Behavior Wellness Center with the lovely Dr. Pike here in Virginia. We are coming to you live from the PRN Pharmacal Studios with our executive producer, Taryn Blaze. Thank you, Amy's. On today's episode of The Behavior Buzz, we will be discussing the use of psychotropic medication and products with our amazing veterinary behaviorists. But before we get started, what's getting the Amy's buzzed during today's episode? Uh, Well, today I'm recovering from a little too much alcohol on vacation. So I'm just going to be drinking some hot lemon um, and honey herbal tea. But I am drinking Planter's Punch to honor all the people that plant gardens to feed the bees. My aunt likes to say that it got its name because if you drink too many, you might face plant on the floor. (laughs) You can find all of our signature cocktail and mocktail recipes on our website, behaviorbuzz.com. That's behaviorbuzz with six Z's because we are (laughs) busy.com. Okay, Behavior Buzz fans, what's all the buzz about today? We, the two Amy's, will be giving you a crash course on behavior medication and products. Well, let's dive in, shall we? I'm going to be asking the questions today. So let's start from the top. What kind of meds are out there? So this depends on what you want to use them for. Some pets need help in just certain moments while others struggle consistently all day long or in multiple unpredictable situations. We pretty much use everything that they use in human psychiatric medicine these days. And basically there are two types of medications, event-based versus daily. Event-based medications would be something that you would give prior to a higher stress event, like, you know, a thunderstorm or a vet visit. Whereas our daily medications are uh, something that is taken every single day. And this applies to medication and natural products, which we'll talk about. Um, But this would be something that you take every single day, no matter what. And it does take a longer time to see full effect from that product. And are there medications specifically labeled for dogs and cats? So if you think of all the millions and trillions of medications that are out there, there are only five that are labeled for dogs for use for behavior. One of them is Reconcile, labeled for separation anxiety with behavior modification. There's also Clomacol that is labeled for separation anxiety also with behavior modification. Then there's Cilio, which is a gel that is given oral transmucosally. It's squeezed on the surface of the gums or inside the cheek. That is labeled for noise aversions like storms and thunder. We also have Pexion, which is labeled for anxiety associated with noises and behavior modification, but it is not currently available in the United States. And Selegiline, which is labeled for cognitive dysfunction. 
Unfortunately, there's no behavior medications labeled for use in cats. Um, and other than the diagnoses that uh, Amy listed, the medications that we have that are labeled for dogs are otherwise used off-label for basically all the other disorders that we treat with medications. So are you saying that we're using human medications in our dogs and cats? Exactly. Does every pet need medication? I would say big fat no. I like to tell everybody that I am not a drug pusher. <laughs> I believe it's very important to evaluate the individual in front of you, the severity, the frequency of the issue, how the owner feels about the problem at hand. And behavior therapy in general has three main components, medications and supplements. So that's one part, management and behavior modification. Yeah, and if appropriately applied behavior modification and management has not been successful, then medications are likely indicated. If you consider a patient that has a heart problem, the cardiologist would recommend medication to help the cardiovascular system work more effectively. And in behavior medicine, a veterinary behaviorist or veterinarian recommends medication to help the brain and emotional systems work more effectively in conjunction with the behavior modification plan. So... Medications and supplements, management, and behavior modification. What if I don't want my pet to be on medication? Well, like I said before, not everybody needs medication. So first, we have to determine if medications are really necessary. Some pets truly have a neurochemical imbalance. And without medication, it'll be really difficult to help them because we can't fix those chemicals. Yeah, and if that's true and the client doesn't want to use medication, we discuss what those feelings are about. Um, oftentimes there's a stigma with mental health medications. The owner may have a previous negative experience for themselves, um, but our patients typically do not have the same level of, of negative side effects as humans do. If the owner still refuses, we would explore other alternative options, but we may not necessarily get the level of success that we would or that we would like to get with the medications. What if my pet has another health problem? Aha, <laughs> that is a fantastic question. So a veterinary behaviorist is in an extremely unique situation to help pets. I am a psychiatrist, right? So that means I have years of medical experience and also a specialty in mental health. In my job, I have to know about all the medications out there, what they do, what other medications or supplements they interact with, and why they may be safe for some, but not others. Yeah, and if the health issues are left untreated, we are never going to make progress on the behavioral front because medical disorders are going to make the patient more irritable and anxious. I've heard that medication can have some really bad side effects. Will these meds make my pet a zombie? Welcome to the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> so I have put, we both, every, every veterinary behaviorist and potentially even every veterinarian has put tons of pets on medications. None of them, to my knowledge, have ever then wanted to eat brains. So no zombies. No zombies. No zombies. <laughs> but in reality, <laughs> in reality, Different medications do have different side effect profiles, and that consideration goes into why we choose certain medications for certain individuals, and we have those conversations too. Yeah. The most common side effects that we do see with any of these medications tend to be gastrointestinal, so decreased appetite, upset stomach, 
Um, sometimes we get some agitation or lethargy. Typically these side effects are temporary and should resolve in a very short time, like over a week to two weeks. If they are persistent or severe though, that's not something that we would tolerate and that would lead us to make a choice to either decrease the dose or switch the medication and that would all depend on the patient. Yeah, we don't wanna make your pet sick to make them better. Exactly. So going back to Reconcile, um, if Reconcile is Prozac or fluoxetine, then why can't we just use that? Mm. Typically, you could. Yes, they are the same. In fact, many of my patients come to me on fluoxetine. Their primary care veterinarian wanted to start something because they were struggling. And when I'm determining that ideal treatment plan, I have to decide, is fluoxetine in general right for them? If not, we make a change. If it is, then I always suggest switching from generic human fluoxetine to dog labeled Reconcile. And that seems silly, but dogs and humans are different. They look different, they eat different, they act different, they're just different. They metabolize chemicals in a different way. And why would I use a human medication for a dog when there's a dog specific medication already out there? In clinical practice, I've found that simply switching these pets from the human generic fluoxetine to Reconcile usually is more effective for them. I've seen the exact same thing. And I've, I've spoken with numerous human psychiatrists that also say the same thing about generic versus brand in their patients. Unfortunately, human psychiatrists are often dictated to by insurance companies what they're able to prescribe for a patient. So if a generic is available, they must use that unless they write a letter of justification to the insurance and hope for approval. But significant differences can exist between generic and brand. Well, thank you so much. What's up next, Dr. Pike? We are going to take a quick break with a word from our sponsors. PRN stands for pro re nada, a Latin phrase meaning as the circumstance arises. Since 1978, the veterinary community has trusted PRN Pharmacal to be here when needed with industry leading research and innovative products designed to improve animal health and quality of life. PRN Pharmacal is a proud sponsor of the Behavior Buzz podcast and is committed to the physical and emotional health of animals everywhere. PRN Pharmacal, here when you need us. Okay, let's get back down to business, shall we? So what's all the hype about CBD or other natural products like pheromones? Do those things work? Taryn. <laughs> I'm so sick of this question. <laughs> you must really want to get buzzed today. <laughs> so at this time, CBD type products are still federally regulated and it is actually illegal for me to make recommendations for CBD products in my state. Now those state laws do vary. And the legality issue doesn't even really matter to me because currently there are no studies that show that CBD is effective for the use in any behavior related problem. We also struggle to determine the variation in quality control, active ingredients, or uh, other accidental products or ingredients that might be contained in that product because there really may not be strict regulation on some of those products out there. 
Yeah, CBD is like the wild, wild west right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so there are several natural products, though, that do have safety and efficacy data in our companion animals, including L-theanine-containing supplements like anxetane, alpha-cazozapine-containing supplements like zilkine, pheromones, and probiotics like Purina's Calming Care, which contains the bacterial strain Bifidobacterium longum, which has been shown to reduce anxiety. That's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> we'll be doing a whole episode on CBD products very soon. So stay tuned for that. I can't wait. Why do we use multiple medications at one time in a single patient? So all the medications that we use target different neurochemicals or even ratios of neurochemicals. And sometimes we need to modulate more than one of those. So I choose different medications based on the effects they have clinically and what effects I want to see in my patients. Yeah, it's all about those neurotransmitters. But my saying um, that I say often and actually have a tattoo of is better living through chemistry. Haha. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, so how long does it take for these meds to start working? Well, that depends on the medication that we're talking about. And just like the lovely Dr. Pike said earlier, we divide those into kind of situational or short-term medications and long-term medications. So some of the short-acting medications can work as quickly as 15 minutes, usually up to the two-hour mark. And then our long-term or our baseline daily medications can take four to six weeks or longer to start to see an effect. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons we often implement combo therapy, because we'll get relief in the short term from out those short-acting medications while we really wait for our daily medications to kick in. I kind of think of those event medications like a Band-Aid. We need to stop the bleeding sooner rather than later. So the event medications take effect quickly, and then just wear off after a few hours or so? Yeah, it depends on the medication. It could be anywhere um, from like two hours for Ciliogel up to like eight to 12 for things like gabapentin and trazodone. How will I know when the medications are working for my pet? Well, for short acting medications, I want to see a calming or a relaxing effect. We want to help them weather that storm, make it through that scary event. For long-term medications, I look for any evidence that the pet is able to regulate their emotions better, tolerate stressors better, recover from scary events more quickly, have a lower arousal level so they're not so hyped up and spiraling out of control. Yeah, we have our clients monitor basically the intensity, frequency, and recoverability of their pet when they're triggered by something to determine if the medication and behavior modification plan are working. So could we ever stop a medication? Will my pet be on medication forever and ever? That's one of the most common questions that I get from a pet parent. And, and I understand the fear there. You know, are these medications going to shorten my pet's lifespan? Are they going to cause organ system failure? And I do want us to say that these are very, very safe medications. They can be given for the lifetime of the pet. But how long your pet will take them kind of depends on the caretaker, the pet, how well we follow the plan, if we're going through our behavior modification and management strategies appropriately. We have a much higher likelihood of being able to get a patient off of their medication 
if the disorder is mild, if the intervention is started as soon as we can, right after that problem starts, and if the pet parent follows the prescribed behavior modification plan. Yeah, this is really like the most common uh, question that I get. And sometimes it's even before we even talk about medications. But I like to tell my owners, like, just like with diabetes, once you're regulated, you don't stop your insulin, right? Like Dr. Learn said, these medications are incredibly safe long term. They don't cause organ dysfunction, shorten lifespan. So if they're helping, why would we want to rock that boat? I get it. Okay. So... We get to a place where the meds are working and we stay there because they are working. That makes sense. So if we're using medication, do I need to do anything else? Do I even need to train my dog? What if I don't want to train my dog? Can we just use the medication by itself? Well, Taryn, medication is not magic. I didn't go to Hogwarts. (laughs) If we only start a medication and do nothing else, no, right? Like my crystal ball is broken. It's in the shop today. So if we are only using a medication and we do nothing else, then we may help that pet, but we're unlikely to resolve the issue or change the behavior. We will only get partial results because we're only doing part of the plan. We need to teach that pet a new way to cope with those stressors. Yeah. the I mean, basically the medication helps facilitate the learning to actually take place because no one can learn when they're highly aroused or anxious. The medication is going to lower the intensity of that emotional reaction so that true actual cognition can take place, but without both pieces of the puzzle, we're unlikely to get the best outcome possible. Okay. So it's not just medication in a vacuum. It's the three-part plan. Yep. Does anybody else hear a bird chirping? Is that just me? It is Amy and a squeaky squeaky toy. toy. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, I thought it was Pavlov. No, I'm not downstairs. It's totally a squeaky toy. The Airedale, the Airedale. It was like in two rooms over too. That's, this microphone is sensitive. That's awesome. I, as soon as we started this question, I heard it and I was like, oh man, is That's nobody going to stop? I'm not going to be the one that stops. I had no idea because I can barely hear it because of the headphones. That's so funny. Well, she's done. She's right here. So why does my dog take so much more Prozac than me? Not not that I'm on Prozac or any other psychotropic medication. Doctors. Disclaimer. I am not on but Prozac. should you be? <laughs> that is a whole other question. So do you remember earlier how I said that dogs are not humans? Um, they don't look the same. They don't act the same. We also understand that cats are not little dogs, nor are they humans either. So all animals vary in the way they metabolize or break down any medications. There's individual variation as well. Some in in human fields, we talk about fast and slow metabolizers, and there are certain tests that you can do to see how humans will metabolize certain medications. And unfortunately, we don't have that technology in dogs, but there's definitely variation between species and individuals. And that means that the dose or frequency of repeating a dose is not uniform between species. 
Yeah, we get calls all the time from pharmacists asking us if we're overdosing the patient. Um, even, you know, our just general practitioner colleagues, medications like thyroid hormone or antihistamines have a significantly higher dose for dogs than humans. Okay, so I shouldn't be alarmed by the uh, amount of medication Not that my pet all. is taking compared to the amount of medication that I take. Not at all. Mayday, mayday. We have to learn math too. <laughs> yeah, human doctors don't do MIGS per kick. We actually calculate it based on the animal's weight. <laughs> so we are moving on to our next section, buzzworthy or buzzkill. We end every show with our buzzkill segment in which we allow our guest, which is us, to bring up some special stories, controversies, or the weirdest thing a client or patient ever said or did. Then the hive mind, which is you, will vote. Is it buzzworthy? Winning. Or a buzzkill? <laughs> so I'm going to ask, have we convinced you out there, the hive mind, that medications are A, not a last resort, or B, a scary prospect for your pet or your patients? Head on over to our website and vote now. Here at the Behavior Buzz, we know you're all busy bees who live and die by the science like we do. So we'll put the references from today's show on the website. So buzz on over to the Honeypot page to find those. We'll put a couple studies up there for you about psychotropic medications in dogs and cats. Dr. Learn, can you remind us what that web address is again? That's behavior buzz with six Z's.com. <laughs> Maybe she really is drinking planters punched. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Six Z's. Okay, gotcha. Sounds like sexy. <laughs> That's how you can remember it. <laughs> We just want to say a big thank you to our premium sponsors, PRN Pharmacal, who also sponsored this episode, and Nestle Purina Pet Care. And an even bigger thank you to our hive mind. Without listeners like you, we would have nothing to buzz on about. So grab a cocktail or a mocktail and join us next time for Cocktails and Conversations. Follow Behavior Buzz on Facebook. You know how to spell it. And on Instagram at Behavior Buzz. And on our website, BehaviorBuzz.com. Be positive. Be informed. Now buzz off. Thank you to our sponsor, Melena Martini Incorporated founder of the Separation Anxiety Certification Program for Dog Professionals and creator of the Mission Possible online course for guardians. Melena and her team of certified separation anxiety trainers work remotely with clients whose dogs are suffering from separation anxiety. Whether you are a dog owner or a dog professional, find the perfect resources to start your separation anxiety journey at melenademartini.com. Thank you to our premium sponsor, PRN Pharmacal, the makers of Reconcile. Reconcile is an FDA-approved drug for the treatment of canine separation anxiety in conjunction with a behavior modification plan. PRN Pharmacal is committed to meeting the evolving needs of modern veterinary medicine and dedicated to developing products to strengthen the bond between pets and their people. 
This episode is made possible by our premium sponsor, Nestle Purina ProPlan Veterinary Diets and Supplements. Ask your veterinarian if Purina ProPlan Veterinary Diets and Supplements are right for your pets. While the Behavior Buzz podcast provides clinical insight into veterinary medicine and veterinary behavior, these statements are not intended to diagnose or treat a particular patient. If you have concerns about your pet, please contact your veterinarian or your nearest veterinary behaviorist.